0: Hello there, and welcome to another episode of Star Wars Beyond the Real. I'm Chase, and with me as always, co-piloting this crazy ship, is Preston. Preston, how you doing?
1: I'm good. Happy to be here.
0: Oh, good. Well, let's go ahead and uh, let's get this thing started, shall we? Let's do it. Shall we punch it? Punch it! Punch it! Punch it! Punch it! Punch it! (laughs) <laughs> all right well first thing we like to do is uh, catch up a little bit on our lives and what's been happening this week and maybe any housekeeping we've got in the uh, for the podcast uh, anything crazy new happening with you in the world of Star Wars or otherwise
1: um, I bought a new figure oh nice yeah I got a Garn Dan uh, what are those called power power of the force figure. Sweet. Yeah.
0: Why am I blanking on Garandan now?
1: He's the Kubaz.
0: Oh, okay. Your favorite guy. <laughs> My <Yes>. favorite guy. <laughs> Kubaz. I know him as the Kubaz and not Garandan. I should know his name better. Yeah. Uh, Is that the same Is that the same one I have here?
1: Yep. But mine's in the box.
0: Yours is in the box. This one is actually from childhood. Oh. And it was covered in mud when I found it. And I nice. uh, washed it all up and I still actually see a little bit of dirt on it. Oddly enough.
1: Well, that one's got even more value than mine then. Here's what I love
0: about this figure. It has his little, um, Uh comlink, little communication device, but it honestly looks like a tiny beer. Oh, let me see. (laughs) It's like the same shape. Oh, it is, yeah. (laughs) It's like a little PBR or something. (laughs) Yeah. So he's just chilling with
1: his beer on Tatooine, (laughs) drinking through his... He was right outside the cantina. I don't know if they have laws against, like, open containers out in the streets.
0: Yeah, well, not in Cantina. It's the Wild West, come on. Or not in Tatooine. Yeah. He, uh... Does he drink that through his snout, you think? Or is that, did we just, it's a snout, not a mask, right? Like that was.
1: There, yeah. Before Disney bought um, Star Wars, I looked it up and there was like conflicting information. Yeah. Some of it was like, that was a mask and that wasn't a part of their body. Um, And others said that it was, like they had a trunk that was inside there. I think now it's confirmed that it is a trunk. There is something inside the mask. Because okay. in The Mandalorian, he puts a little flute up to the end of his trunk and plays it. That's could... how he calls a little taxi?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. And say so it could be a whole, you know, witch doctor thing. You yeah. Know, we're going to talk a little bit today about diseases in Star Wars. So, yes. you know, he might be surviving the Star Wars corona better than anybody. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's pretty awesome. You got a new uh, figure, and I got a new book. Uh, my sister gave me an awesome book for my birthday. It was a couple of days ago. Um, and it is on the floor there. There it is. Not, not lazily put on the floor it's gently put on the floor
1: (laughs) just in case your sister's listening yeah
0: (laughs) it is um the star wars storyboards of the original trilogy and this thing is beautiful and thick it is a big heavy book yeah um and it is awesome we were just looking through it a little bit before we uh pushed the record button Mm -hmm. and it's got some really cool stuff in there uh both like macquarian um and later on uh with the, the other storyboarders that were involved um And it's really interesting to see how, you know, the storyboards before they actually finalized some designs, before they, you know, made the models and things Mm -hmm. ready to shoot, and the ones that they did after the fact. Obviously, there's a big difference between episode four and episode five when everything was established already. But it's really fun to go through and see um, kind of George Lucas's original ideas. Because here you get to see a raw picture of what George wanted it to look like Mm -hmm. before you get into production issues and editing and things like that. Which, again, that's going to tie in today what we're talking about um, with uh, our main topic today is, is George Lucas uh, and his ingenious and incredible world-building skills. Mm-hmm. So, really cool book. Um,
1: I was surprised to see how much blood is in it. Yeah, it's quite violent. <laughs> they really wanted, like, that opening scene with between the stormtroopers and the rebels on, on the Tantive IV, they wanted that to be, like... Explosions and and exit wounds, yeah. And you were kind of mentioning earlier too the uh, the
0: fight between Darth Vader and yeah. Obi Wan. I mean, it's full on comic book. It, yep, it's like reading a, a Star Wars comic book almost, but in a cool, different stylized way. Which I mean, the original comics I've got the first three up there, or mm. the first three. For I don't know, um, they uh, are stylized in their own way, and they yeah. do look different. Like I think there's like a weird different hilt on Vader's um, lightsaber and they uh, have like the wrong colors of lightsaber and stuff.
1: But anyways, thought that was pretty cool. Well, that feeds into our main topic, which is, you know, all the details and, yeah. and things that fans of, of star Wars notice. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, wait a second. That button's not supposed to be there or that's the wrong <laughs> color. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk
0: about that. <laughs> the fans nitpicking, which we do the same thing. <laughs> um, Oh, and then with with the coronavirus, I don't know. Have you guys heard about this? There's a disease going
1: around (laughs) called the coronavirus that uh, people are really excited about. Um, But hopefully it means that maybe we can get some more listeners. There's uh, everyone's shut inside.
0: If you're home alone, if you're not alone, but if you're home quarantining yourself in, you got some time to listen to some podcasts, uh, yeah, give us ours a listen. Um, But it it gave me some time to play some Battlefront 2. Oh, yeah, good. with the uh, school being canceled and um my wife and i attend a lot of like cons like comic cons and things like that uh for her art and they've all been canceled sadly so we uh or i have been playing a lot of battlefront 2 like way too much like i've progressed so much in the last two days than i have my entire time ever playing it <laughs> are you level 50 yet uh, no i'm getting close though okay. <laughs> Um, but I like, I'm trying to get like all the guns that I never had. I've always had just like the first gun for every trooper and they suck. Like they're so bad. Um, but I found out that one of the milestones on co-op mode can get you Uh the top gun for every class if you kill 50 people in co-op mode. Oh, so it's pretty easy to do in co-op mode. So it took me like a day to get like all the guns for all the classes or like the top guns. So
1: I didn't know that. Yeah, I did the hard way. Yeah. I've put probably 500 plus hours into battlefront two wow that's why I don't really play that much anymore because okay. I've been level 50 for like six months well
0: well not I'm back in it you gotta jump on yeah. every once in a while and we'll we'll play together that could be fun um and then the other thing I just wanted to bring up uh for our, our adventures this week uh, is we got together and and played some games and played some star Wars trivia yep. and we both got dominated <laughs> by my wife we did <laughs> like right on the in the last stretch ninth inning. She was down. She had, like, one point and brought it around to completely just destroy us and be, win the game.
1: Yeah, you and I were, like, neck to neck. Yeah. I think we were both one point away or maybe two points yeah. away from winning. Neck and and neck. And she had one point total. And your wife was, like, two points behind us. Yeah. And
0: she was way down in the back. And then she just got on this winning streak of knowing everything about star wars all of a sudden (laughs) i think she hustled us is what happened
1: i think that she's got what echo has she's like tapped into the star wars database and uh pull all that information in. yeah she just (laughs) breaks her arm off and there's a little uh uh, hydro spanner
0: or whatever the (laughs) droids have she just plugs in uh so yeah that's uh that's our catch up on us um let's go ahead and move into the news um Again, pretty light news this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple important stories in here for sure, though. Some good news. Yeah, some good news and some sad news. Mm. Um, the first one is The Rise of Skywalker is going to... is been released already out on digital early on a lot of platforms. Not every platform from mm-hmm. I've seen so far, but a lot of them have released them early, um, along with the behind-the-scenes behind documentary um, that I'm really interested in seeing because that's one of the reasons I really like buying you know the physical copy of it and not just having them all on disney plus is because of all that extra you know bonus content Mm -hmm. sadly i have not seen it because i like to have physical copies because i've got physical copies of all other eight so i'm just gonna wait till the blu-ray comes out for that one
1: well isn't i thought that the news was the digital came out earlier on schedule and then they released the physical copies in stores like three days early oh did it i thought that was the news maybe i read it wrong okay
0: no, I haven't seen anything about the physical copies. As okay. far as I know, that's still scheduled to come out on the 31st. Um, and I think that's because like physical copies... Yeah, look that up. Make sure we're not giving wrong information here. Um, physical copies are going to be something that I think is going to hit a deadline a little bit more concrete because it's a physical product they have to put in stores. Where the digital... I think they released early on purpose because of the whole coronavirus mm-hmm. issue. You hear about Frozen 2, how they yeah. pushed it ahead, you know, so yep. people would have something to watch at home. So I'm wondering if that's the case with this, because it's easier to launch something digitally early than it is to get out a product earlier.
1: Yep, you're right.
0: Yeah, it's the digital. Mm-hmm. So I haven't I haven't taken a look at that yet or, or watched the documentary, but I'm really excited to do so. Um.
1: But that's it, kind of nice of Disney a little bit. To yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> to go home and watch that tonight. Are you? I'll pro- uh, I don't know. I've never bought a digital movie before. Yeah. Um, but more and more, I we don't we have like a, a bunches of boxes of DVDs because we used to collect them. Right. And now we don't need them. We don't use them. They just sit in boxes. So I might I might go for digital this time. And you know
0: that's the th- same thing with me. I have all the Star Wars DVDs. They all sit in this room. Yeah, they're right there. But yeah, they're right there. <laughs> Every time I watch Star Wars now, I just click it on Disney Plus because yeah. it's so much easier. Yep but I, I just have to have all nine on, <laughs> on Yeah, well, yeah. Copy.
1: I'm still going to buy it digital or yeah. uh, physical, but I might just get the digital to watch it. That'd be cool. I bought Jojo
0: Rabbit on digital when it, oh, like, okay. the moment it came out. We I just watched that last week. Oh, It really? was
1: so funny. It's the greatest. Well, and, okay, little sidebar. Um, I did not tell my wife what it was. Oh, really? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, so we started watching it, and she's like, seeing this kid dress up in his Nazi uniform and then jokes start happening. it's like, wait a second. Can I laugh at this? Yeah. Is this okay? Am I? <laughs> is, I it, like, like, is there something wrong with me that I'm laughing at a Nazi movie? And yeah. I'm like, no, no. It's supposed to be a That's comedy. That's the point. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Taiko Waititi is,
0: I've probably said this on here before. He's my favorite director. And, yeah. uh, there is, there was rumors speculating for a little while. It was one of those kind of slow news weeks again that he would, uh, direct a, a star Wars film again that was pure rumor speculation and i think he's open to it i don't know yeah but that would be i'm open to incredible. it i am so open for it are you kidding me i mean it's star wars so i'll be there for opening night either way but i'll doubly be there opening night for oh yeah for Taika. um next bit of news we're going to go into is a little bit sadder um max von Sido or Sido. i'm actually not sure how to that's Sido. pronounced i've heard it couple different ways from a couple different people oh. um but uh Teca from the force mm-hmm. awakens unfortunately passes away uh incredible actor he's done a lot more than just star wars obviously i've heard other people refer to him as kind of the alec guinness almost of of this trilogy because mm-hmm. he was such a well-renowned um actor and then yeah. he was i mean alex guinness had a much bigger role obviously <laughs> yeah. to play in uh the originals but um yeah, it's kind of sad. I really liked him in Game of Thrones as well. Did you watch Game of Thrones? Did I did we not. Did discuss that? Okay. He plays um, the Three-Eyed Raven in mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. He's really
1: good in that. It's not sci-fi, so I really wasn't that interested. <laughs> you only do sci-fi. <laughs> uh, but I was really surprised at how old he was. Yeah. Because oh, he yeah. does. He, he did not look that old. Because I have a grandfather in his like, mid to late 80s mm-hmm. um, who doesn't look as, as sprightly as he did. So really? I was really surprised. Yeah,
0: Yeah, yeah. he was, he was quite up there. Um, Yeah, Lorsan Tekka, I love Max Monsito, but again, I feel like that's another character that I would have liked to see more of and get a little more explanation. I'm glad he was there and and he created questions and more things that we can dive into for Star Wars, but um, I would have loved to see uh, his character brought back, even in mention or in memory, or like somehow explain who he was, Mm -hmm. why he was there, and why he had the... uh, uh, location of... Yeah, location of, of Luke Skywalker. Yeah. So, Yeah. And I feel like they hinted at that in some of the canon books. Like, because uh, it was Jakku, right, is where he was. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so um, the Emperor had his observatory on Jakku, and they kept mm-hmm. on saying, like, oh, this Jakku is very important for some reason, but I'm not going to quite say why, mm. because we haven't finished the trilogy. And then they never said why Jakku was <laughs> important. I mean, you can speculate through headcanon, like perhaps you know, Max Fonsito knew... Lor Santeca. Yes, Lor Santeca. Max Fonsito's the actor. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure both, he didn't know. <laughs> they both sound like Star Wars names. Yes, they do. I'm sure Lor Santeca knew um, or had uh, some information about Palpatine maybe having a granddaughter mm. on Jakku.
1: Oh, yeah. And so that could have been the reason he went. But Another similarity between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy is that he was kind of... If, if he did know that she, that he had a granddaughter there, uh, then he was kind of there protecting her, watching out for her yeah. kind of like Obi-Wan did for, for Luke. Yeah. Maybe
0: the opposite. Maybe, well, maybe not even the opposite, but
1: what if he was there to kill her, not, find her and we're
0: not kill her, but just to keep an eye and make sure she wasn't going to do anything like crazy or like right. become a new emperor. Yeah. Um, yeah where I feel like Obi-Wan was there to protect Luke. But maybe mm-hmm. he was keeping an eye on, like, too, maybe making sure he wouldn't become the next Vader. <laughs> That's true, yeah. But I feel like he wouldn't have trained him if that was the case. So, um, next little bit of news here. Uh, the Mandalorian Season 2 has wrapped officially. So, we talked last week about um, Gina Carano had wrapped, but now it looks like the whole season is wrapped. Are we looking at, like, an August No, I think date? it was October is what October. they were saying. Yeah, okay. so they've got some time for post-production, which is uh, understandable for this mm-hmm. show, seeing that they have a lot of you know special effects. Although a lot of that is done in pre-production and in production with the way they're doing the volume. Did you watch that video uh, that they produced showing how they do the volume?
1: I don't know what you mean by volume, but do you mean like the digital? Yes, the 360 projector. Yeah, yeah, they
0: they call that the volume, and uh, yeah, it's incredible stuff. Yeah,
1: it's really cool. Well, is it's is it projected? I thought it was actual like. Screens.
0: Oh, you're right. You're right. It is not projected. It is screens. Yeah, um, they have done projections in the, in the past. Yeah, it is. It emits light and it doesn't have anything in the center. So it's just like a full stage mm-hmm. with complete 360 backdrop. Right. That's interactive. So cool. Yeah. The thing I love about that is it excited George Lucas. <laughs> and so it kind of got him curious about it again. Like, oh, you guys are doing some cool things over at Star Wars again. Yeah. Maybe I'll come by and take a look. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. It uh, feeds the the fire that people are, you know, chanting to have George Lucas come back.
1: But. Yeah, I really like watching the behind the scenes of those kind of environments because, in in camera, in the main camera, it all makes sense. Because as you move the camera around to get those dynamic shots, the background changes with it. But when you're on like a third, uh, behind the scenes camera and it's, and you watch the background change, and some of it doesn't make sense. Right, like, it doesn't really line up. Weird. Yeah. So it's really interesting to see those. I I love seeing too like the old videos,
0: um, like the old uh, King Kongs and Mm -hmm. Godzillas and stuff where they would project a miniature monster fight really big behind an actor. And so like you would have like an actor like cowering and you're like, no. And then there's like a huge monster fighting in the background and that was projected on and they filmed it using little miniatures um, stop motion. Right. And uh, but if you were to see a behind the scenes photo, it just looks ridiculous. Yeah. Like I mean, it looks ridiculous in the real footage nowadays <laughs> too. <laughs> now that we are in 2020, looking back in the, the early uh, 1900s. But um, and then uh, yeah, so that's uh, Mando is wrapped. Mm-hmm. Excited for super excited, super excited for that. Uh, I'm looking so for some cool good lightsaber action. Do. Lightsaber action with that dark saber. Yeah. I don't know who whose other other lightsaber it would clash with. Perhaps Ahsoka. We talked about that a little bit.
1: The child's going to get a lightsaber. The
0: child is going to get.
1: It's been two, tucked in that little bassinet the entire time. Two double bladed lightsabers. <laughs> that's what's
0: going to happen. They're going to be the
1: size of toothpicks.
0: Yeah. And each side of the double bladed is going to have the cross guard that Kylo Ren has. So, <laughs> so that's 12? 12 total
1: blades spinning around. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Have you seen on. uh Oh, you said that you're not on Reddit? Uh, I've been on Reddit, but okay. I don't spend a lot of time there. Yeah, the thing that I've seen going around on the like OT memes page is they keep adding lightsabers to, uh, to, um... oh gosh, Kyle, Kyle Wren? no, no. <laughs> Grievous, oh Grievous, the General Grievous, yeah, yeah, um, and at this point he's got like seventy lightsabers. It's pretty funny. That is well, and they they keep doing that in Star Wars, not
0: just like jokingly, like right. like I thought it was funny. The first trilogy had the one blade, right? Uh-huh. second trilogy of darth you have got the two blades mm-hmm. third trilogy you now have three blades coming out of kylo's oh and then you look at things like clone wars we've seen four you've seen a guy with four lightsabers and four arms before right yeah. that's general grievous mm-hmm. then we see pong krell who is the same race as dexter jetster uh-huh. the forearm guy with i think he has four maybe he only has two but he has four i think double bladed lightsabers wow like that's crazy. It that is crazy. <laughs> like you might as well just get a wall of plasma laser energy, and just
1: a light shield.
0: A light shield. We haven't really seen. Well, we've seen those in like Battlefront. We've seen those
1: like. I was thinking about this today, um, and we'll get into the Clone Wars episode. Mm-hmm. But the ray shield, um, it's similar to the ray shield that goes up between during the mall fight with with Qui Gon and, yeah. and Kenobi. I'm I don't know what that is, but it seems like if you touch it it's going to cut your arm off like a lightsaber would. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking it's more than just a shield, it's actually like a can be used as a weapon. It's almost like a light shield.
0: And on those ones, yes, I, not the case with like what the gungans had. Right. Um, yeah, that's, that's like a bubble. That, you can walk through the bubble. Yep. And that's what you see often like in Battlefront 2. And yes. that is my favorite part of Battlefront 2, I got to say. The sound design the on sound. that. The yep. sound. Yes. I it knew exactly what you were saying. Gets me every time. So I love Ooh. Leia, like she's one of my favorite, you know, uh heroes. So I'll throw down her little bubble thing. And yeah, that woo boom, woo boom, woo boom. Oh, it just, every time I'm like, I just want to sit in here and listen to people shoot at me all day. Yeah. And then it goes down and you die. And, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last bit of news here um, is the Galaxy Adventure Season 2 uh, trailer and the first three episodes have dropped on Star oh. Wars Kids.
1: Have you seen those before? I, I've seen the other ones, like okay. the one where um, Hera is gets Lu lo- or gets Han to admit that the ghost is better than the Falcon. So those are forces of destiny. Oh, well, I don't know a little bit different that. and okay. forces of destiny.
0: I need to watch because I haven't really, because I, I subscribe to the idea that star Wars is for everybody mm-hmm. and that there's different parts of star Wars for different people. Mm-hmm. So that one came out with their, um, the, it was like a doll, like almost like a Barbie yeah. figure that came like, out with them. Almost like a Brad's doll. Cause like the the, yeah, some of the features were exaggerated. They they weren't quite as annoying as the brat doll, but right. Right. <laughs> um, but those were I you know tailored more towards uh, young female viewers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't really watch those all that much because I didn't feel like they were necessarily for me i probably will check them out eventually
1: check out at least this one yeah because it's super funny to watch han admit that the that the ghost is better than the falcon just that part is you know super funny
0: after watching both of them i might agree with yeah that the ghost is better than the falcon
1: especially i mean Hera takes much better care of oh, the ghost yeah. than han ever did of the falcon
0: i think Hera's a better pilot than han but han is a better character just because he's so fun yeah. to watch you know he's yeah. so rascally
1: they had different um roles in their series oh yeah
0: for sure um, but uh, the Galaxy of Adventure is a little different. They're the ones um, designed for kids as well, but adults are loving them because mm. they're just maybe one minute, one minute, 30 second clips of Star Wars where they take the audio from the actual films oh. and they animate over it. But they do it in this big, grandier way where, um, you know, the fights are more anime like super cool. You got to check okay. them out. Yeah, I'll, I'll show you a couple after this uh,
1: podcast. I'm just, I'm just wondering, what's the purpose? Like, is this just for YouTube? Is this something yeah. that they're using for marketing? It's only on YouTube, and I think it's to – they have um, toys that are coming out with them. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh,
0: but I think they're not selling very well. So I think the reason that they do these is to introduce kids into Star Wars okay. because it's something that um, – you know, you've got young kids. Yep. You know how their attention span is. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm assuming very small. So these are, you know, minute, minute and a half, just like, look how cool that was. And then yeah. if they want more, they want more. if Because it might be hard to sit a, a you know, three or four-year-old down for a two-hour space saga. <laughs> so what
1: you're saying is it's propaganda.
0: It's propaganda, exactly. It's, I it's see. Disney
1: propaganda, but it's
0: really good. <laughs> good. So the, uh, the one that they released this week, um, or the three that they released, the second one is interesting because all the ones prior have been actual scenes in... Um, the movie, mm-hmm. or they've like shown scenes in a different light or in a different way, or like compilations. But this one, they create a whole new scene in the sequel trilogy that was never there. So it's Ray, Finn, Poe, Chewie, and BB-8. And they are on what looks like to be Killer base. And they're stealing what looks like the plans to the Death Star. Okay. And they're wearing their costumes from Episode nine, The Rise of Skywalker okay so i was a little confused there but i mean that's not the point is for canon reasons the point is to get kids to go oh that was really fun let's watch more star wars right right (laughs) so but yeah you'll have to check them out after this because they're they're pretty great
1: well i was i was just thinking now like uh, originally the the kid introduction to star wars was the droid uh cartoon right show yeah which i haven't made myself sit down and watch like full episodes but i've seen enough of the clips yeah to kind I, of understand what i've it.
0: seen clips and i've seen people talk about them and like quick like overviews of what happens yeah like, have you ever heard of mr sunday movies yep yeah i love his caravan of garbage uh-huh he did some pretty funny ones with the droids I, yeah i love those i think i've seen those yeah uh i kind of want to check out that show and the ewok show yeah like, that's coming back ewoks are hitting like the two Ewok movies, you know, those are those are coming back in pretty hard. And then the Ewok show, if you go to, like, Box Lunch, mm-hmm. they sell hoodies with, like, the animated Ewoks on them. Oh. It's like, I kind of want one of those. Yeah. But I'd be a little bit of a poser because I'd never seen them. <laughs> <laughs> Ewoks are better than Porgs. We'll just leave it at that. I wouldn't say they're <laughs> cuter than Porgs, but they're better than Porgs. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And they're easy. They're, they're awesome on Battlefront. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. I haven't played with them yet. They're pretty cool. Uh, I, I played the Ewok Hunt, but I haven't played like the new hero. Yeah, Ewok.
0: I'm really bad with him, but there's just something like I play very canon, like if that makes sense. So, no, if I let's say I'm playing on Endor, uh-huh. I will change my skin from Han Solo to the Endor Han Solo. Okay, I will change my Leia to the Endor, like to match whatever level I'm on. Right, and so if I'm on Endor, I always play as a as an Ewok. If I'm on the Death Star. I don't usually choose an Ewok. Like, <laughs> I try to make it match up because I'm just weird that way. Yeah. Because it's like, I want to be in Star Wars the correct way. So.
1: And we've talked about that before. When we saw uh, Mos Eisley in The Mandalorian, because yeah. we played Battlefront 2, we know like we know our way around those streaks. Yeah. And it's pretty cool that we can, like, I almost recognize where they were as they walked through Mos Eisley. And. I,
0: can't, I don't know because maybe I'm too invested in, you know, killing all the stormtroopers. But um, is Ogus Cantina in Battlefront 2? Because I know it's in battle, the original Battlefront 2. Mm-hmm. I've gone in there and, like, checked out the tables and stuff. Yeah. Is it in? I have to go exploring
1: a little bit. Yeah. You can I go d- jump on the table that uh, Greedo died at. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. The table where uh, that... Well, uh, clunky was said and...
0: What's, what's the Han guy? shifted
1: his head unnaturally, to unnaturally.
0: The side. <laughs> he's does a lot of shifting in those uh yes. special editions um now what's the guy that sits where han was and he's like oh i forget his name now in the mandalorian i don't know his name and he's either. like trying to be cool like han and you're like get out of there yep. that's not your booth come on which they did on purpose i think they wanted you to dislike that guy right away so yep um okay well that's going to be everything in the news so uh, now that we're finished up with the news uh, i wanted to well i didn't want to we wanted to uh, look in a little bit and talk about um, the coronavirus. You had this great idea to talk a little bit about diseases and Star Wars to kind of fit with
1: <laughs> yeah what's in the news today. It's in the zeitgeist right now. Yeah. Um, yeah and so I was kind of looking through uh, legend stuff, ex- expanded universe stuff, uh, and I came across the brain rot plague.
0: That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's caused by television. No. No. <laughs> By Star Wars everybody know. <laughs> no, it's it's uh it actually sounds pretty similar to what we're going through right now. Um a little bit more uh swift in how it kills, but um yeah, it mainly affects uh humanoids and cephalopods. So watch out all those uh mon calamari. Mm.
0: Um well you know, and I've heard them talk about that on the news, actually, I think the governor oh, the yeah? day was saying the elderly and the cephalopods are, are the ones that yeah. we got to worry about. So, yep. it's not about us. It's it's about keeping the spread to the cephalopods. That's yep. really what it comes
1: down to. <laughs> uh what's the, what's the name of the other species that lives on Moncala? The Corin, the Corin. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. They're in danger as well. Oh man. Um yeah, so it's pretty interesting. It says it causes, uh, it attacks the central nervous system, causing nausea, sweats, and communication breakdown.
0: Mm. It's so a Zeppelin
1: song, right? What's that? Isn't it a Zeppelin song?
0: Communication break. I can't oh, sing. Probably. I should never
1: sing on a podcast. I apologize, everybody. <laughs> Go ahead and shut this off now. <laughs> but it does have, um, it does have a vaccine. So make sure you get immunized against the uh, brain rot plague. But um, so yeah. that's not cured by b-
0: Bacta, huh? No. Oh boy.
1: I mean, I'm sure if you were, uh, if you were in the late stages, you could be thrown into a back to tank and float around your underpants for a little bit and that would, that would take care of it. You know, it would be awesome. It would solve this
0: whole Corona thing Uh like real quick. It would be expensive and probably cripple our economy still, but it's happening anyway. So why not? (laughs) If we could all just like get a back to tank or back to tanks for everyone and just get in it and just sit in the back to tank for three months, just put the world on pause and then we'll all come out healthy, fine, quarantined from each other. The virus will be gone and we'll be great.
1: Yeah.
0: And it'll be fall, so Mandalorian will be coming out any <laughs> Well. <laughs> the Lucasfilm wouldn't be in the back of the oh, okay. They'd be slaving away still. Yeah, it's their duty to bring us content. Okay. So.
1: <laughs> we just need to upload our brains into computers so that we don't even have to worry about these physical ailments.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The cure to corona is Ready Player One. Yeah. Can you imagine if we all could just like tap in, we could all go to work through the VR, you know, we could all live our lives normally. So Bitcoin would skyrocket.
1: Exactly. (laughs) There is a book that I read when I was a teenager and I cannot find it. I've looked everywhere. I've Google search it like at least once a year, but it's, it's in this like future where uh, VR is like, you don't leave your house um, and, and VR is everything. And there's like a mystery and he has to like go hack servers, but in VR, servers aren't like computers. They're like a dude in the bayou, and he has to like really? negotiate with this hillbilly guy because he's
0: in the VR. He's essentially, yeah, in the Matrix.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Yeah, it's like a it's like a mystery, and and he jumps between like a dragon world, like a uh, high fantasy to to the bayou to noir, and it, it's a really fun wow. book. And I'm still looking for it. So
0: it sounds kind of like Ready Player One, but a little bit a little bit more meat to it yes like ready player one was a fun book but it wasn't like a in-depth look at society or anything like that it was it was very much just like fun video games yeah um that's cool it it almost reminds me of have you seen that uh it's a bruce willis movie from like way not way back when but like is it a christmas movie no it's not die hard (laughs) it's uh it's a pretty dumb movie and I, i can't remember if it's called like replicants or something like that or not replicants, but basically everyone is at home and is hooked up into a Android version of themselves. So it's like not quite VR, oh. because it's like if you're driving a, a a robot. Yeah, you're driving a robot, and they all walk around, and it's like for safety reasons, everyone's afraid of dying, and so they, you know, hook themselves up to these f- f- robots that go around and live their lives for them. Yeah. But then at the same time, you know. The, i guess the point is you're so afraid of dying you don't live type of mm. thing you know
1: i don't know that sounds like another solution to the coronavirus i could get my robot self to go to the store buy me you know 50 packs of toilet paper come on back see that's why i think star wars would um
0: thrive during this times like these because yeah they could just have droids do everything mm-hmm. which is surprising that droids don't do everything already for them <laughs> i mean they they've made whole uh, episodes of clone wars about uh c-3po doing chores for padme <laughs> that's right that's right
1: those are the good, the best episodes yeah
0: um we should make a, a video like um star wars coronavirus edition you know where it's han solo is bargaining how many rolls of toilet paper to get to alderaan <laughs> yeah. Uh so what were you say you said there? What were, what other diseases were you saying were besides the brain rot that you looked into?
1: There's a bunch of of diseases. There's virus six oh six, which is um, a manufactured one. Uh, That's the one with that creepy dude from Clone
0: Wars, right? He's like the doctor, and he like has a long neck. I mean, a lot of people in Star Wars have long necks. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I uh, I saw a meme about it actually, and I again I need to already watch Clone Wars, but. Um, I think it was, a uh, one that was like, it was, wasn't it directed only towards clones, that virus? Oh. And I saw a meme where it was a picture of that guy and it said, who wants to bet this guy's behind <laughs> 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 coronavirus?
1: Yeah. I don't know. This one says it was, uh, manufactured by the Imperial Security Bureau, um, as a biological warfare.
0: Oh, it's an ISB thing. Huh? Yeah. Hmm, yeah. I haven't heard about That's a legends one. Yeah. These oh, are all okay. legends. Okay, I gotcha. don't think any of these are canon.
1: Gotcha. Um, hibernation sickness, that's not really a disease, but it's yeah, canon. It's canon. It's just something that happens when you've been frozen for a year.
0: That's another sound that just, uh, so many good sounds in Star Wars. We should do an op- episode just on sounds in Star mm-hmm. Wars. But it's when um, Leia's were in the Boche bosh and she goes, hibernation sickness. I can't even do it, but it's so good. Uh, anyways, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: That's about it. There's, there's a bunch. There's, oh, here's one for the... the Maybe this is the reason why droids aren't more prevalent. There's the Eerie Cooley disorder, which is an irrational fear of droids. Hmm. Who oh, and so that's what uh, the Mandalorian has.
0: Yes, I don't know he if he fears like droids. Right? He just doesn't like them because he has no problem shooting the crap out of them. Yeah, but I think no, I think it is a a, a droid trauma for sure.
1: Oh, it's not fear. It says humanoid species feel weird wary and uncomfortable around droids. Mm.
0: So yeah, I guess Mandalorian would have that. Yeah. The things um, you learn.
1: And it talks about the human replica droid Guri. Let me show you a picture of what Guri looks like.
0: Oh, I've seen that.
1: Yeah. 90s
0: so a- <laughs> Star Wars comics, man. They were something else. I it's tell you.
1: basically like, um, f- what's that fatal attraction or something? Yeah. Where she's an alien. Yeah. It's basically that, but she's a droid.
0: Is that, uh, basic Instinct? Is that what that is? Oh, I don't know. Oh, maybe I we're, haven't seen any of these maybe movies. Maybe we're talking about different I've things. Just here. Seen,
1: I've <laughs> just seen covers. Oh, then my favorite one is the Rat Ghoul Plague. And the Rat Ghoul Plague was made by the Sith in their in their eternal struggle to um, cheat death. And basically, when you get this, you turn into a Rat Ghoul, which is like hmm. a fierce beast with teeth and all that stuff. And, when you get, and it's transferred by the bite of a rat ghoul. So it's basically like vampirism or uh, werewolf lycanthropy. So it's coronavirus. It all came from a bat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're not turning into bats. <laughs> I can show you a picture of that one. People are like bleeding out of their eyes as they transform. Whoa. So, yeah, that's my favorite one. That's pretty cool. All legends, um, but all, all cool.
0: Well, that's a, a cool little update on diseases in Star Wars to go along with our uh every topic on every new show that's out right now so yeah guess- well
1: and let me let me quickly just say like a kind of a segue into our main topic mm-hmm. is um I thought it was really cool that George Lucas I don't know like all the ins and outs of what happened behind the scenes but he seems like he really encouraged other people to be writing these Star Wars stories. Absolutely. Like take my world, take my galaxy and build something of your own in it. it reminded me a lot of H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, When he built his kind of uh, cosmic horror series, he didn't really picture it. He didn't didn't get into the details like George Lucas did, but he encouraged other people to write stories in the same vein, uh, using his location, using his characters. And so I think that really allowed it to, it it allowed H.P. Lovecraft's novels to continue, but I think it also allowed Star Wars to survive kind of that drought. Yeah, the dark times. The The dark times. For sure. Yeah,
0: um, I you just when you were talking about H.P. Lovecraft, Star Wars is missing Cthulhu for sure. Yeah, like I want to see the Quarrin who look like mini Cthulhus. Mm-hmm. I want to see their god. Could you imagine if they had this like ancient religion mm-hmm. where they like worshipped Cthulhu? Yeah, in, uh, but a Star Wars version of it, and they were like this is where we come from and they like found a primitive tribe of, of in some ocean on some other planet besides Moncala. Mm -hmm. That would be so cool. Um, but that's not what we're talking about. What we are talking about today on our main topic is the, uh, incredible storytelling, um, and incredible. Let me actually read it here. The incredible world building of George Lucas. Um, and not just George Lucas, but the world he built and how it was expanded on through Expanded Universe and New Canon and all these different avenues on how intricate it truly is, whether you want it to be or not.
1: <laughs> right. And when this is this all came about because um, I watched a little bit of the behind the scenes for episode two. Um, yeah, episode two. Of the Clone Wars. Of the Clone Wars. No, no. of <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, of, uh, Attack of the Clones. <laughs> Attack of the Clones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I usually just say numbers because I can't remember names as easily. But uh, <laughs> I thought I could
0: until I mixed up Last Jedi and The Rise <laughs> of Skywalker 48 times in our first <laughs> podcast.
1: Yeah. Uh, but it, it was George Lucas was like right there with the hairstylists that were working on uh, Christian... Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen. Yeah. I had it right. Christian um, Haydenson, that works. So. <laughs> Christian's also a first name. Yeah. <laughs> they were working on him and George Lucas comes up and says, like, oh, "Oh, you know, I, I can't do his voice." Oh, you got yeah. to you have to do the impression. <laughs> uh, he just he just kind of has like a mumbly way. He's not very forceful. Yeah. He's just a nerd and he was just like, "Oh, if you're going to leave a little bit of hair here, um He was trying to give them a little bit of freedom to, because it's a collaborative effort. And uh, all filmmakers do. You have to give your artists reign to help contribute. Yeah. But he was just reminding them, like, okay, if you want to put some sort of uh, beads on the end of that rat tail, the the Padawan braid, or if you want to put some, like, uh, some string, colored string wrapped around it, something like that, um, maybe he was kind of like brainstorming with them. Okay. Well, if it has beads, maybe each bead is like a lesson that they learn or it's like a different. Uh, levels of his training, and so I, it got me thinking. Like he really, he didn't just want aesthetic. No, he he didn't want the Star Wars aesthetic. He wanted a meaning behind every little detail, down to like the the color of the bead on Anakin's braid, um, and that was really impressive to me. I think that led to some bad storytelling in the prequels. Yeah, it could have. Yeah, because there's a little bit too much like yes men. Uh, in the and no one like kept him on track, um, but it it I think that is what allows fans to get as involved in the series as they as they are because w- with things like the Marvel universe oh it's cool and fun to watch but there's little tiny details everywhere we care about yeah. the Kubaz. we care about all these background characters and I think it's because it's so limited or it used to be yeah
0: because. One thing, I mean, you look up Wikipedia and mm-hmm. I'm sure there's two or three pages on the Padawan braid, right? Probably. You go to, you know, uh Marvel site and you say, "What was the deal with Hawkeye's haircut in the latest film?" They're going to go, "I don't know, it was stupid." Right. It was <laughs> but-
1: <laughs> some some hairstylist thought it was going to be cool and they did it and Yeah. It wasn't. It. it really wasn't. No.
0: <laughs> it like took me out of the movie like yep. Oh man, he's he's so sad his family died. So he went Buzz and got cut. a douchey haircut. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like, yeah, it's it's interesting because I think it was so lacking. You know, you take Star Trek, for example. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of world building there, and people can go down to the finite details as well, but I don't know if it's as intricate as in Star Wars. Um, there's not visual dictionaries for every little prop because they get so much of it. You right. know, for a while, there was... Three films. Mm-hmm. Then there were six films. Now there are 10, well, films? No. like that. 12 films if you count Clone Wars the movie. Mm-hmm. And three TV shows so far. Four TV shows. Sorry, Resistance. Forgot about that. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> um, plus the Ewoks. Oh, there's so much more now. So I feel like, personally as a fan, I don't get as invested into those little things as I used to. Mm. Like, I have purchased the visual dictionaries for... Um, Last Jedi, which was my favorite of the sequel trilogy, I haven't really gone through it all that much. Like, I looked mm-hmm. through, it and I'm like, oh, this is cool. I purchased the one for Solo. Oh, this is cool. But, like, I used to before the buyout, I would try to absorb every little bit of information. Mm-hmm. And you would see um, YouTube channels, for example, Star Wars Theory mm-hmm. or Star Wars Explained, two really big channels that we both really enjoy. They used to spend their whole time being like, oh, this is a weird little thing that happened in a comic you know 10 years ago or whatever right and they would they would dive deep 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 now those channels and i'm not knocking on them because they're still my favorite channels are more like here's what's happening in star wars now here's what's new here's what's evolving because everything's changing so much Mm -hmm. and i'm not saying that's a bad thing necessarily but i feel like we're losing a little bit of that detail that we had right and, that's, and again, that's not good or bad, because some of that detail was stupid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I think it's, it's important that George Lucas had it all in his head, mm-hmm. um, and he was thinking about it he wasn't just the important stuff that we saw on screen yeah yeah. he wasn't well even the non-important stuff like he was thinking about what does this mean what is what's the story behind uh boba fett's little Wookiee braids on his shoulder those all had stories and that's super cool um
0: well and the reason i say that the things we see on screen um is because there are other things that we barely see that aren't like production design that are just like one shot that people have run away with yeah speaking of running away will rule Yep, you know and i think that i like how it's a joke now you know they've taken that ice cream maker and now it's a little uh carrier for beskar
1: valuable goods but which in i i believe i'd have to double check this but um in one of the the expanded universe books it goes into will roe hood and what he was doing and and actually there was like some covert uh data being stored in cloud city and that was some sort of like memory bank that he was holding yeah. with with vital re- rebellion information and so he actually saved the whole he rebellion saved the re- and it's like every character you know like you
0: said last week every character has saved the rebellion at some point and they yep. become these kind of tag and bink characters almost
1: to a, yeah. to a point um which is i i think it's awesome and and being able to have those little in jokes almost when he pulls out the ice cream maker with the best car like i i lost it when i was watching that yeah um having having that amount of detail allows more than surface level fandom yeah but like i'm a surface level fan of of marvel um but i'm i, I dig deep into star wars because there's something there yeah
0: for sure well and again you know this is kind of goes back to george lucas's world building um and you mentioned uh, hp lovecraft and how he let people play in his world yep. and i think one of the important things that lucas did is he let other people play in his world mm-hmm. and he didn't play in his world too much. The reason I'm bringing that up is because you'd get, you know, these tiny little details that are happening in between scenes or in between films and fans, people who love Star Wars that I want to write something there. I want mm-hmm. to create more. Let us create more. He said, go ahead. But Lucas, I don't know if you remember this, had his different levels of Canon. He'd have like oh. D level Canon or whatever, like, like the films, anything that he made, it's like that happened. That's, that's Canon. The other ones are like, it could be Canon is lesser Canon. Yeah, it's from a certain point of view mm-hmm. um a lot of the comics and things because a lot of them conflicted with each other right, right. And he said well a lot of these could be stories that someone heard from someone else blah, blah 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 now with everything you know streamlined you can only write something if you are hired by lucasfilm to do so you know which is fine back then you had fan stuff and then you had official lucasfilm product but people would write a book and say hey george can i write this book with your characters Mm. yeah go ahead now it's like okay del rey is gonna hire me to write this book
1: which i think we've lost something the story group is cool but the need to stick to a a canon that's cohesive and makes sense because like the fandom has evolved we've gone from wanting to know more or making up our own like little stories of what will row hood is doing Mm. to Now there's like a set way, and it all has to make sense because we're so tuned into that stuff. Like, we notice when the hilt is changed, yeah. Um, those sort of things. So, Lucasfilm now and and Disney want to keep that continuity, which is limiting and and must be really frustrating when you're in that story group trying to like build these new fun stories. You're like, oh shoot, I can't do that because they're actually over here at this this time period.
0: Well, and something we learn in in film school, and and people do get too crotchety about continuity because we you know we learn i'm in an editing program right now i'm mm-hmm. learning about walter Murch's six levels um of a cut and like reasons to make a cut first one is emotion then story then rhythm uh, i might have those backwards but basically the last thing you cut on um is continuity uh, he calls it 2d space and 3d space but it's basically saying if the audience is invested enough into what's happening emotionally, Mm -hmm. they're not going to care if one shot his arms up the next shot's behind his back. Like, nobody is going to care about that. Now, overall continuity within a world, yes, is important. And we've seen him fudge it a little bit, but if it's a good enough story, that's fine. You know, again, we talked about, excuse me, um, we talked about Leia not, you know, remembering her mother. Like, that's a small detail that's like, it's fine. It didn't ruin the whole the whole trilogy. And it
1: gives us something to talk about. It gives us
0: something to talk about. The Holdo maneuver was awesome. Yeah. It didn't it, Oh, they ruined hyperspace. It didn't ruin hyperspace, guys. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, the thing I want to talk about with uh, Disney now having complete control um, and canonizing their little side stories is sometimes it does detract a little bit from what happened in the movies. A good example, um, Steel Saunders, going to bring him up again, I feel like it's every episode, but uh, I listen to him all the time and I love following his Twitter. Um, He tweeted out a picture of one of the latest Star Wars comics, where I think it's Leia, I haven't read the comic because I'm really behind on him, but I think it's Leia is frozen in carbonite, uh, and was right there before um, Darth Vader. It might be somebody else, but his tweet was, you get frozen in in carbonite, and you get frozen in carbonite, and you get frozen, you know, like the Oprah thing. And it's so true. It's like it detracts a little bit when they are playing with these ideas that we've already seen in the movies and they're using them in the comics. Right. Because they're trying to make these comics big and awesome and people to, to talk about them. But if they're bigger and better moments than what are happening in the movies, it's like, well, why didn't we see that? Like,
1: Right. So. Which, speaking of the comics, I really enjoyed the Chewbacca comic. Mm. when he went off and had like his own little adventure and he rescued a bunch of people in a mining colony that was run by the empire.
0: Which comic series is this? I don't think I read that one.
1: It came out when they were doing all the individual comic series for, there's like the Vader, the Vader series. Mm -hmm. And there was a Chewie one. I think it was like four, four books. Um, I have to check that out because Chewie is
0: one of my favorite, and the whole thing with him and Black Carriage—I can never say his name. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Nope. It's a big black gorilla-looking Wookiee who's a bounty hunter. It's really cool. Oh yes. But sorry, you'll send it. He had a four-issue comic that.
1: Well, yeah, and it was just—it was just good. Like it wasn't like a big over-the-top story. It didn't uh, affect anything else. But it was really good, self-contained learn a little bit about Chewie see that he really has a good heart kind of put him in the center for once without overshadowing anything else yeah like he, he rescued a colony of of miners
0: and that's that's what I like to see um you know the Obi-Wan comics uh, or the the issues in the main Star Wars series through Marvel the ones that have to do with Obi-Wan and Luke on Tatooine uh-huh. are some of my favorite it so it's actually Luke reading the journal of Obi- Obi-Wan um and they're just small, self-contained stories. Uh, you kind of get a little bit, to, or see um, Luke flying around in his Skyhopper a little bit in Beggar's Canyon, uh, and so you kind of like learn some of those lines that he says to Biggs in the original. Yeah. Um, but what bothers me about him is, I have only read maybe the first 20 issues or something, and Luke has fought Vader now like four times. <laughs> and this is between episode four and episode five so it's like vader will come and he like almost fights him but it's not like a true fight but he like escapes him and he learns that he's skywalker and he's you know he loses his lightsaber and then he gets back and it's like all this stuff happens in between these movies it's mm-hmm. like it takes away from you know the first meeting of, of luke and and uh vader
1: it goes so, back to what we were talking about with the added scene of, of java there and in, in Mos Eisley. right it takes away from like the real impact of when you first see him uh, in his own uh, hut palace.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's subtlety, I feel like, or, or using things sparingly mm-hmm. is a tool that I feel like we're not using as much in Star Wars as we used to. Um, because I liked having these characters that you didn't know much about that were cool for a moment and then wondering about them. You know, collecting their figure, maybe getting some comics and stuff. You know, Boba Fett and things like that. Mm-hmm. People complained. Phasma was nothing. What was the whole point of Phasma? What was the whole point of Boba Fett? It right. was cool. Like, calm down. <laughs> so, I I do like that stuff in Star Wars, um, but I feel like because we're getting so much of it right now, people aren't as invested in uh, the database, if that makes sense. That Star Wars database, mm-hmm. It's characters. Um, because there's so many cool new, like, aliens and weirdos and things that I see in this film. that's like, oh, I wonder what that is. I never really look into it because yeah. I just continue on with more stories. Like, I feel like if we were back before we had the new three movies, let's say it was back in 2008 and Mandalorian came out, mm-hmm. we would be picking apart every episode, every season, like... You know, most YouTube channels and podcasts will have their Mandalorian show and they'll talk about the episode every week when it comes out. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it would be like, OK, these eight episodes we are dissecting now for the next
1: year. Well, when um, the first trailers of The Force Awakens came out, I spent hours pouring through. I mean, not, I, I'd watch videos of people pouring through the trailer. I'd go frame by frame right. through the trailer, um, try and pick out everything like who's in the jacket because there was a scene where um, Finn is, like, face down in the snow. And you're like, is that Finn? Is that Poe? And, yeah, everyone's picking it apart. Mm-hmm. But then for the trailers of the next two films, it was maybe a little bit of that, but not nearly as much as, as the first one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a different time. Is The Star Wars atmosphere has, has
1: changed, I feel like. You sound a little bit like an old man. I know. Well, oh. back in my day. Back in
0: 2009. <laughs> I, yeah
1: um that was another
0: tangent getting off track a little bit <laughs> um about the is there anything you wanted to add about uh lord 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 jukas <laughs> it's no that's even worse <laughs> lord george lucas george lucas uh about his um yes i don't Luke. want to say his contribution to star wars because obviously his <laughs> he whole made it he made star wars <laughs> um but uh just his process of, of building worlds. I okay. So I think we discussed a little bit. Was it last episode or the episode before um, about how he's really good at creating worlds and environments and story, but maybe not so much of you know refining them down into a, a good script or great dialogue or yep. anything like that. Um, I think this is going into your realm. George Lucas would be the most incredible DM for a D game oh, or, a, yeah. or a star wars D D game yeah like could you imagine i had seen a lot of um interviews with dave filoni where he's talking about just working with george lucas and mm-hmm. how much he cared and how intricate he got and seeing his work on the clone wars just puts a smile on my face because you know he's doing what he loves to do mm-hmm. and he's not caring about the fans because in and that sounds bad i'm not saying he doesn't care about the fans but he's not doing it for the fans he's doing it for a bunch of nine-year-olds on cartoon network right and he loved it from what i gathered i never met the man so i couldn't tell you but
1: yeah i think you're right and and i do think that there is a point in in a creative endeavor that you really have to just be doing it for yourself yeah um and that's maybe that's why george got out of it was because he felt like he he was now like subservient to the fandom. um, And it was no longer just like his world that he got to play around in. It was now like, okay, how do I serve everyone else that's going to be consuming this? Yeah. Um, Because yeah, you really have to be true to yourself and just put those stories out there. Uh, And I do think that George Lucas does work best. His best work is when he's coming up with the world, coming up with the story, and then he's giving it to a more competent writer to Mm -hmm. put it together. Right. Uh, and that like collaboration between Him and, him
0: and Lawrence Kasdan. You know, or when he gave it to Irvin Kirshna to, to direct. Mm-hmm. He was still there. He was producing. He was on set. He was going, yep. well, this is how I saw things going. And then Irvin was probably like, okay, well, to be compelling, we do have to have this, this, and this element. Yep. Because I would love to just take George Lucas's brain and just connect it to mine and download all of his ideas for Star Wars. <laughs> but you can't do that. And you have to put it into a package that makes sense and can tell a good story. Yeah,
1: That's why I really like the Claudia Gray novels Mm -hmm. because I feel like she's a really good, compelling storyteller. I would love it. I don't think he ever will. But I would love George Lucas to write a
0: novel, actually, because then he has all the free reign he wants. And he doesn't have to worry too much about dialogue (laughs) because he could just say what people are, are thinking and what they mean.
1: Just get just get George and Claudia Gray into a room yeah. for like three months, pound it all out, and then let let her finish it up. But that'd be awesome. Can you imagine how many copies that would sell. Incredible. <laughs> at least one at, to me. At least one,
0: and then I'll borrow it so we don't have to buy a second there one. You, you know, we'll just cheat Lucasfilm out of their money.
1: I uh, I I did want to say um I forgot in the like update part mm-hmm. I uh, I started reading Ahsoka. Oh really? The novel Ahsoka. Uh, it's definitely a young adult novel, mm-hmm. but it's it's pretty good so far. I've listened to about halfway through it, so okay. yeah, we'll have to finish it together. Yeah. and talk more about that.
0: I'm listening right now, so I I started working out so that I'm you know physically fit now as I'm yeah. going into my old age. You're of more of a Han, less of a Java. Yeah, exactly. More of a Han, less of a Java. Um, <clears throat> what was I going to say? Oh, but I've I, I listen to Star Wars books as I run or, okay. or you know try to lift small weights but uh, <laughs> um I've been listening to um well now the name escapes me. It Unless not the, be that good. It's it's great. It's um New Dawn something Dawn something Dawn. It's the uh, <laughs> it's mm. the Rebels book, so it's it learns about Hera and or you, you learn about Hera oh. and Canaan and how they meet and you hear about young Caleb Doom. Mm. Um I'm blanking on the name right now, but Ahsoka, I, like I said, I've listened to half of it because I listened to it on the way to Star Wars Celebration in Chicago, and I fell asleep on the plane, so I missed a lot of it, and so I need to just get myself to go back and find out where I fell asleep and listen to the rest. Yeah, and After then tell, tell me about it. New Dawn, then I'll do that, yeah, or Breaking Dawn, or Dawn, Dawn of the Rebels, something like that. Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> Shaun, Shaun of the Dawn of the Dead, that's what it is.
1: Uh, do you want to get into episode four of The Clone Wars? Let's do it.
0: Let's get into it. Are we? Uh, are we wrapping up on our George Lucas? I think uh, so. I think so too. That's said all we had to say. But you know, I think we found our our topic for next week. Uh, yeah. Because we mentioned it, and now I forgot what it was. So oh well, to go back to... and listen to it. Oh, sound effects.
1: Oh yeah, sound effects. Sound effects. I don't Cause... remember the name of the guy, but we'll do some research and because uh, there's like that ben, one guy, Ben Bird or something like yeah. that. Uh, Bill Burr. Bill Burr. No, not yeah,
0: <laughs> Bill Burr. Does all the sound effects in Star um, Wars? We'll we'll talk about it next week. Uh, yeah, we will. Um, yeah, let's go into episode seven. I mean, episode four, season seven of mm-hmm. the Clone Wars. Uh, you've seen it, I assume? Maybe. Yeah. Okay, you did. <laughs> I watched
1: it like two hours ago.
0: Awesome. Sounds good. I was thinking about rewatching this morning, but I didn't, so I might be a little uh, shaky on my memory.
1: But <clears throat> I will say, um, at least of for right now, I was wrong about Echo, but. I wasn't the only one feeling that way because Tech was feeling the same way as, as I was. I was a little suspicious of Echo and, and how he came out of that, uh, that you, facility.
0: You were wrong about Echo. I was wrong about the Clone Wars. <laughs> Remember last week how I thought this was the end of the whole oh, yeah. Bad Batch and Echo art? You're I was like, right. oh, I'm glad this is over and we can get to Ahsoka. No Ahsoka. Nope. <laughs> oh, boy. Four episodes in. I Again, I think there's only eight left. They yeah. better all be Ahsoka and Mandalore, <laughs> I tell you
1: what. <laughs> um, well, so midweek, they came out with like a little 30-second clip from the episode mm-hmm. where it was uh, Obi-Wan and, and um, Windu talking to the droids, asking them to put down their weapons. And so I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, we're going to like do Jedi stuff now. Yeah. But no, it was just like that one part.
0: Can we talk about that part real quick? Yeah. Uh, that part was hilarious to me. <laughs> I loved it. Um, but... It was a little uncharacteristic of Mace Windu, I feel like. Oh, really? Because I thought it was very characteristic. I The way he said it and did it is fine, but and I might be completely wrong. This is something that might just be personal to me and, and my wife as well, because my wife hates Mace Windu. Oh, no. Yeah, she loves Samuel L. Jackson. Don't okay. get me wrong. Hates Mace Windu as a character. And I don't hate him, but she she sees him as a villain, if that makes sense. So she hates him in the same way she hates, like, Moff Tarkin, right? Okay. Like she doesn't hate them. Like, oh, that was such a bad character, bad acting, poor written. It's more of like that person bugs me, and if I was in real life, I'd just want to slap them, type of thing.
1: So does she see him as a bad person? Because I kind of see Mace Windu as the one that, like, the Jedi that's pushing the Jedi Order into the war further and further. So. Yes and no cuz I, I know that Yoda kind of does too but I feel like yeah. Mace is really the one that's like the he's the, he's the hawk, he's the warmonger and of he the be- Jedi. And he
0: becomes that. In the first one in the or in episode 2 he did say um you know, oh we're not generals or soldiers, we're we're peacekeepers. But then he kind of flip-flops, right? right? And becomes yeah, like the general. Um and so I thought it was a little uncharacteristic characteristic of him because I thought he would be the one to fall against the Jedi ways the most and be like, oh, look at all these droids. We'll cut through them like butter. But instead, he did the very Jedi thing and said, I'm going to give you an option to lay down your weapons. I'm bragging a little bit here because I've killed 100,000 of you, but if you guys want to just let us reprogram you, we can do that too. And then he was like, well, you tried, you know. But Mace Windu to me has always been the poster child or the embodiment of what Luke is talking about in um The Last Jedi, where he says the hubris of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. They let a Sith Lord rise to power. He was blind. I mean the whole Jedi Council was, but I feel like he was the one that was really pushing them into um or against the ways of what the Jedi had always been. Mm -hmm. They no longer were these religious peacekeeping monks. He was like, Yeah, we're gonna get involved. We're gonna he almost had a in my from what I saw a sense of control he wanted control yeah he wanted to control Palp- um, palpatine you know he wanted the jedi to kind of be the police of the universe from yeah. what i
1: saw well when he says that we're just peacekeepers we're not generals even that even the fact that he sees his role as keeping peace yeah means that he's going to keep some people down and keep others up like yeah He's choosing sides already, even though he's saying I'm a peacekeeper. I feel like he's the antithesis of Qui Gon Jinn, who's who's more of just let the Force be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's and exactly. I think that's I think yeah. that's the hubris
0: of the Jedi, and that's the the problem with Mace Windu, and why I think he's the embodiment of why the Jedi failed is because he wants to have control. Right. He's trying to control the Force, where Qui Gon says, "Yeah, let let the Force be," and and then you've got. Um, Obi Wan, who is kind of a, I'm a I'm a company man. If that makes sense, yeah. You know, I'm only gonna do what the council says is best. Yep. Um, so he's kind of stuck in the middle between Qui Gon and, and Mace.
1: He's just loyal. He's loyal to the Jedi Council. Um, he didn't really think for himself for a long time. Yeah. And which will make it interesting when we see him in the Kenobi movie. Absolutely. Hopefully, kind of reevaluating his loyalties. Yeah. Where, and he did become much more like Qui Gon Jinn during his isolation. I feel because like the old Ben that we meet in A New Hope is a very different. Uh, it was still very similar, but yeah, he's he's.
0: Well, you can tell there's been progression. There's been yeah. 20 years of of reflection. Um, yeah, Mace Windu, I see as the person that's like, I'm making the rules. This is how it is, and. Um, Obi or not Obi Wan? Uh, Qui Gon is the let's ask questions and see why things are the way that they are.
1: So and Obi Wan for a long time was just the okay. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. So I think I mean I'm not saying it's completely uncharacteristic. I'm not saying like, oh my gosh, why would Luke Skywalker pull a lightsaber on his nephew? That's so uncharacteristic. <laughs> it's it's more like a oh I wouldn't I would have expect, uh, expected Obi Wan to have maybe delivered that line rather than oh. m- than Mace. See,
1: I saw it more of like like he's threatening them.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. He played it off like, "Oh, you said no. I'm kind of happy now because I could right. destroy you all." Yeah.
1: That, that's how I I saw it more of like a cocky move. Like, you all are gonna die. Yeah. Um, this is me just kind of like playing with you first. That's how I saw it. Not really like he knew they weren't gonna give up. Uh, so I thought I thought it was characteristic of him. Uh, cause he's, he's not Anakin who would have just like gone in and killed them all yeah. and had some snarky quip. Um, he is more uh, almost like, like a bad cop. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I, I agree with you. Like I'm here to arrest you all. If you know, I don't know. So yeah, it, to don't you pull it a gun?
0: Good. Oh, you did it. Now I get a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, I think he would like to play by the book because he feels like he'd written the book. Yeah. but he also is is happy to find an excuse to yeah. To maybe break. maybe
1: he said that for Obi Wan.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like oh, I you said my Miranda rights, but if you didn't hear me, like you know yeah. what I mean.
1: So, um, but overall, I thought it was a really good episode. Yeah. Um, oh, I I oh, enjoyed the heck out of it. We, well, yeah. The the beginning was pretty good, but the end really really got me. Are you about Anakin? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that was cool because you got to see Anakin go into the dark side.
1: Yeah. Right a
0: little bit. And I've seen people talk about like, oh, they didn't really push him to the dark side all the way because he was justified in killing the guy because he tried to attack him. But it's like, yes, he was justified in it, but this is also a kid's show. So I feel like that's as dark as they can make him go in a kid's show. Right. If this was, a, you know, the Mandalorian, I feel like we would have seen a little bit more, you know, slaughter of the sand people, Anakin, in this scene. Yeah. So I, I thought it was really good the way they, they handled it. And a little, a little scary for kids, like here's your main character here's your good guy that we've told you for seven episodes and now you're kind of questioning his uh, his decisions and choices
1: <laughs> right yeah it was a really interesting um, like slow burn down that path uh, and I I I liked it because I wasn't sure what he was gonna do in that moment yeah which was cool yeah I didn't either I was
0: I was like is he gonna kill this guy is he gonna like, what Anakin are we going to see here? There's, like, two Anakins, you know? Yeah. There's the who I am in front of Obi-Wan, and then there's who I am alone or in front of Padme. Right. Anakin, so it's kind of fun to see the flip-flop.
1: Yeah. And then uh, Echo is the savior of this whole Anaxes campaign.
0: Yeah. I, I got to say again, love his design.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, he still looks like a clone, but he's, like, skinny and sunken in and, like, his skin's a little more pale.
1: He's got he's, blue veins. Did you notice that? I did. He's yeah. He's got blue veins on his face. Yeah,
0: and he's got the little uh, you know, socket things everywhere. Mm-hmm. Love it. And then we found out that that hook of an arm thing we were talking about last week is a is it a hydrospanner? I think it's called a hydrospanner.
1: I feel like a hydrospanner is what Han Solo asked for when he's fixing something. I thought it was like a You're right. You're a right. slicer tool. Yeah. I don't know what to call it.
0: I so I thought the
1: slicing in Star Wars is hacking.
0: Right. Yeah. I thought it was like the handheld version, the hydrospanner was like the handheld version of what the droids had, right? Right, yeah.
1: That's exactly what it is, which I think this is the first time we've seen a human interface with a computer like that. Yeah. Which was interesting because now it kind of puts the question of like how much of Echo is still there if he's able to interface. I mean, he's been interfacing with computers for a long time now, but...
0: Well, and I'm I'm curious what his insides look like because... Right. I thought he was just like they hooked up to his brain somehow and were able to, but he's got to have some sort of electrical system going through his whole body. Right. Because, you know, R2 puts in his little knob thing, spins it around, and it connects to his in, you know, internal brain. Somehow they had to do that there too. So I yeah. wonder if there's like wiring going in through his arm and up to his brain or Yeah. It's uh it's interesting.
1: Cuz he's mostly mechanical now because waist down he's all mechanical his right arm yeah. and all throughout him so great thing about star wars is we don't need it explained <laughs> no but it's really interesting it's it's cool to see a human interface with a computer like that absolutely and kind of how he was like in pain holding his face as he was doing that um so it's cool
0: what did you think of him going off with the bad batch
1: um I don't know what he's gonna do with the Bad Batch. I, I, I was my first thought was like, what role do you fit in? Because we already got tech, right? As we as don't as a, really he's need kind of you. A, a
0: repeat of tech, but maybe as like a strategist, which is kind of what um, Rambo guy is. Uh, why am I
1: forgetting his yeah. name now? Hunter. Hunter. Yeah. Um, but but I think overall, like even if he doesn't fit a, a specific role within the group, he's a part of them because he's not quite right. Because he's different.
0: Yeah. Right. And well, I'm, we're near in episode three now, so. It doesn't matter because they're all just going to turn on the <laughs> on their Jedi and, and kill everybody. And then yeah. they're going to be decommissioned by the Emperor. So, yeah, there's probably not a whole lot of for them left to do. I wonder, though, if we're going to see the Bad Batch even more for the Siege of Mandalore. Oh, because yeah. Because Ahsoka, we've seen from the trailers and, um, and kind of just what we know, is going to take a battalion of clones with her to try to free Mandalore. But not, I, I don't think she's doing it in the name of the Republic or like the name of the Jedi because she's no longer a Jedi. So yeah. it's just kind of like a, I think it, from what I can gather, the Jedi is like, oh, political reasons we can't help with Mandalore. They're neutral or they're neutral systems. They aren't part of the Republic. We're not going to offer aid. And Ahsoka is like, well, I'm not a Republic General anymore, Commander. So I'm going to go help them.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think maybe, um. Anakin's like, oh, you want to borrow a battalion of clones? I won't
1: look. like." <laughs> oh, now that makes... I just remembered when uh, in episode three, um, I think Rex or someone asks the Bad Batch, who do you report to? Yeah. like, what are you guys going to do now? Uh, and they say like, oh, we don't really report to anybody. Mm. So, so they, they just,
0: might end up going with Ahsoka.
1: Yeah, like for the Republic right now, they just are get they just get called in like people basically ask for them to come help them with certain tasks yeah and they get it almost it sounds like they get to choose where they go so yeah Hmm. um, maybe they could be like ahsoka's 501st yeah
0: that could be cool i mean i think she is getting the 501st because well remember all those helmets that they like painted to have her tattoos
1: yeah what was i saw that picture i don't know what's that picture from I thought it was super cool.
0: Yeah, so I mean that the helmet and stuff came from the hashtag Star Wars saved, like when they showed the oh, trailer okay. at um, Comic Con a couple of years ago, and then the trailer that they released at Star Wars Celebration showed them, and they showed a couple of scenes from it too that were unfinished. Um, awesome. Of Ahsoka talking to I think I think Rex, I can't remember, but they she like walks in, and it's like it's kind of tear jerking because they all have their armor painted to like match her.
1: It's so cool. Yeah just in case people are listening and they don't know what we're talking about, they painted the helmets to look like Ahsoka's face um, Right, her, her markings. markings.
0: I don't know if they're tattoos or not, because I know Zebrachians, the a... they are tattoos, but I think yeah. it could just be her skin. I think the
1: Togrut, uh, Togruta, Togruta mm-hmm. I think they, that those just are like skin markings. I think
0: you're right. Back to what you're saying about a Padawan braid. I love that when she takes off her beaded, like, I thought that was just kind of like a head thing. It was like a Togruta thing. Uh-huh. But it's like, that's her Padawan braid. Right. I thought that was Because she cool. doesn't
1: have hair. Right. I was reading in the Ahsoka book, um, I thought it was really funny because she has a hood on because she's trying to hide. Uh, and she said, she's thinking to herself, oh, i got to get another hood because my head's growing more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, okay. That's a fun detail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah again, that it goes back sense. to uh, a great little details in, in Star Wars. And you can almost, like, if you see a picture of Ahsoka, you basically know what it's from because of how big her her head like her, she has horns and then the tentacles and yeah. how big those are kind of tell you how or what time time frame and How old in. she is. Well, if you
0: look at Shock T, you know, they're huge. Yeah. So you're like must think okay, Shock T's got to be at least middle-aged, you right. know. We don't know how long Tagruda's live. Um, but they seem to age similarly to humans, you yeah. know, from she was I think 14 we see her uh-huh. uh when she's calling him Sky Guy. Yeah. I I love Ahsoka's progression, you know, and I love her story with the fans too, how it's like what people thought of her to what they think of her now. So um, what I'm doing right now is I'm just looking on our Twitter to see if we have any questions. I posted a tweet to see if anyone wanted to ask us anything to talk about in our listener comment section. Still don't have any comments or listeners, so uh, sorry about that. But if you do listen to this and you're the one person... Listening, send us a, a question, a comment. Let us know you're out there. Uh, tweet us on Twitter at BTR Star Wars. Uh, hit us up on Facebook at BTR Star Wars. Instagram is beyond underscore the underscore real. We're on YouTube. Comment there, Beyond the Real Pod. Um, Preston, you got anything you want to end with? Uh, you can send cash to my PayPal account. You can send cash to. <laughs> <laughs> you can pay our rent if you want to. That'd be fine too. You know, uh, no. But uh, thank you all for listening. If you are listening out there, um, hopefully you're you're stuck at home, staying safe and quarantined. Well, not quarantined, but you're avoiding the masses. Uh, and you're not, you know, fighting and punching each other over rolls of toilet paper at Walmart. Remember the Jedi way. That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. You know, don't give in to the Sith possession is a sith trait don't go hoarding <laughs> be like the jedi they live minimalist minimalistically you know speaking no attachment
1: of wh- speaking of which we are very minimal with toilet paper right now in my house but are you I- really? i'm afraid to have to- yeah we're down to like three rolls and i'm like i don't want to have to go out and buy some we have a bunch because not because
0: we hoarded for corona this is all before the corona it just was like you know just saw a deal at costco and so she bought like five of them So if you want some, you can take some. Jess actually asked. She's like, you should ask Preston because they have kids and we don't need that much toilet paper. (laughs) I was like, no, two butts here. That's fine. fine. So if you want to take a roll, (laughs) you're welcome to.
1: Uh, At least I know I have a a place to go to.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: What was I going
0: to say? Oh, fun little news just right at the end bit. I was looking at our uh, analytics on Anchor. We have a listener in the UK. Oh. I think. Unless one of my friends or family was visiting UK and I didn't know, and they just listened to our podcast, but hey,
1: someone has their VPN set to the UK. Someone <laughs> has their
0: VPN to the UK. But if you are out there, if you are in the UK and you are listening, that is so awesome. Even though we have ten listeners, I'm I do not know. That's not sure. I probably probably still have five, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and one is in the UK. UK. That makes me so happy because it's getting out there. People are listening. So keep it up. Keep it going uh tweet us out if you want to pot it forward as steel son would say again i'm just <laughs> stealing all of his stuff uh oh, that's a pun on his name there we go <laughs> let's go ahead and end that then uh, may the force be with you
1: may you live long and prosper
0: yes <laughs> <laughs>